Welcome to Geeky Girl Gab. I'm Candace, and with me today is my friend Krista. Hey there. And she's the person I instantly text, call whenever something nerdy happens. And Krista and I are here to talk about Avengers Endgame. I have so many feelings. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like after like Affinity Wars, because I feel like you can't talk about Endgame without talking about Affinity Wars. Mm-hmm. They're so intertwined. You're just like, I can take anything after seeing like Spider-Man, Peter Parker disappear and Tony Stark's arms. You're like, I'm ready. I wasn't ready. See, it's funny because um, my immediate reaction to Infinity War after walking out of the theater, I was like, oh, that felt like an episode of Doctor Who. Like there actually are very similar episodes in terms of like everything's lost. Everybody's dead. There's no way they're going to get out of this. And then inevitably they do in the next episode. So I wasn't too concerned in a lot of ways that they wouldn't be able to reverse it. Um, yeah, definitely since Spider-Man, like in Black Panther and Doctor Strange, they all had movies scheduled exactly. for phase two. Mm-hmm. That helped too. <laughs> yeah. But um, Peter Parker's death was the one that affected me the most. True. And Gamora's also, because I was like, her death was separate. Yeah, Loki, Loki's really hurt because it's so, so early in the movie that I'm like, okay, he's not going to be able to come back most likely. See, Um, Loki, uh, he's done it too many times. (laughs) But it felt final just because his arc had kind of really played out. Um, So yeah, him, Gamora, anybody who kind of wasn't involved in the snap, Mm -hmm. I'm sad about because I figured they wouldn't necessarily. Like Vision. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't even know where to begin, like. The beginning. The beginning. The beginning is awesome. Um, uh, yeah, I really liked how they kind of started the movie off um, by starting at Hawkeye's farm. And, you know, things are happy. He's with his family. And then you really get to see the snap happened there and that loss was like a really good way to like start the movie on a very sober note and to kind of relive that moment without reliving anything we had seen in the previous yeah going away from the battle scene where you expect death and you're Mm -hmm. just having this mundane like not that Hawkeye is you know normal or anything like that but you can just see that happening imagining it happening all around the earth like that was happening to everybody and that happening to people losing their parents losing their children all this emotional stuff which is also you know dust yeah and then it goes into the spaceship with Tony and Nebula, who, you know, you never really thought or even thought like, you know, who I would like to see hang out together is like Nebula and Tony. And then it was great. Like, it's fantastic. Like you said, you never would have chosen those two together, but I loved it. And it was just these small little things that the Russo brothers are like so good at is like mm-hmm. Nebula won paper football. And you remember, she has never won anything. And every time she lost to Gamora, she lost like a piece of her body or something like that. So mm-hmm. to be able to win anything, including paper football, she's just like shocked. And Nebula, oh my God, Nebula's like story arc, this whole movie, her path is just like, I didn't know I needed that. I mean, I knew she was going to like turn, but I didn't know she was going to have such a big part in this movie. And also like what she goes through and how she deals with her daddy issues. 
Oh yeah. That, no, that was something again that I didn't see coming either. And then her kind of confronting her past self her talking to the past Gamora and them having kind of that moment was really great. Um, yeah. Like a fabulous arc for her in this movie. Yeah. And you got a love redemption and it, it just feels so real. I mean, she's an alien that's part machine and stuff like that, but she has all these human moments like with Tony, like that small scene with, with Rhodey with a war machine about like how they used to be, you know, more organic and now they're more machine, you know? Or that part where uh, they're looking for the stone and they <laughs> star Lord dancing and you can't hear the music and they're just like this idiot. And it was such that's a- my favorite part because you know these scenes all it's whenever movies and TV shows do that where you know you know someone's listening to music. And you see it through their point of view because they're listening to the music. But when you're like, okay, they just got their headphones on and they look like a dumbass just dancing. <laughs> I I laughed really hard. That's the thing about this movie is it made me cry a lot, but it also made me laugh so much. I thought they did a really good job of balancing that because you needed some humor just because otherwise you would have just been depressed the entire time along with the characters. Mm-hmm. But also the humor couldn't go too far or be too overpowering otherwise that would have you know thrown off the balance the only thing that i thought kind of straddled that line a little bit like fat thor yeah almost too much like i feel like it was right on the line um but he was oh he was ridiculous like i've just i've grown to love thor more and more as they let him have a little more uh comedic moment and like this and uh ragnarok last few movies yeah, I mean, Thor always has to have a shirtless scene <laughs> in every movie he's in. It's in his contract, I think, Chris Hemworth. But that's the one we got. But, I mean, that was something that they alluded to in the Infinity Wars about how Thor was not taking it well <laughs> after, <laughs> like, everything that happened to him losing his mother losing his father losing his eye and hammer to his sister losing half his people and then i'm having to wonder after the asgardians were halved by thanos's goons at the beginning of the movie were they halved again after the snap they must have been so they're probably just like really 10 asgardians out there now i mean it was a pretty small village But yeah, so I mean, if he didn't go through any change, it would be really weird. So yeah, they made fun of it. It wasn't as well done as, let's say, like Tony's Mm -hmm. um, experience in Iron Man 3, which he had like PTSD and panic attacks. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that wasn't, they didn't make fun of him for his trauma. Yeah. Well, everybody in this is kind of going through, and other people pointed this out. I don't want to say like I made this up, but um, that all the different Avengers are kind of going through different stages of grief throughout the movie. Definitely. The movie itself kind of moves moves through those stages. But Thor is so in denial. And he kind of has mm-hmm. his PTSD in a way. Um, but yeah, he's the one who like fully kind of embraces denial. He says he's fine. He thinks he's fine. But yeah, I'm like Tony, who at least moved on in part with his family. Um, Thor hasn't at all. And let's talk about Tony's family. That was... <laughs> That was a really good way of making sure he did not fully want to go forward with the mm-hmm. time travel plan. Well, he had something to lose. Like almost everybody else didn't have anything to lose no. at that point. 
at least of the like main few characters. Krista, I love you 3000. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that killed me. Oh my gosh. Everything with his family, with his daughter, Morgan, just, oh, cause like. <laughs> well, they mentioned it in Infinity War, Infinity Wars. He's like, yeah, we had this baby. And we named them after that, your crazy uncle. What was his name? Morgan. <gasps> I forgot about that. Yeah, it's just the thing about this movie is everything. This movie was for us, Krista. This was for mm -hmm. like us nerdy fans who've been watching all these movies over and over again. And everything just paid off. It was like a love letter to us. It you was. Know? exactly. There's so many callbacks. They, they even went back to the past and like redid these scenes from earlier movies. There were jokes that you would only get if you had seen certain movies. And I don't know, I think that's fine. I mean, I feel like nobody is going to go to this movie that hasn't seen any other Marvel movies. And if they do, then that's dumb. Like, this was for the fans. Like, this yes. was for the payoff. It was even for the casual fans who maybe, like, you know, go to the movies occasionally and seen, hmm. like, half of them, maybe. Yeah. Seen, like, all the Avengers. Yeah. And um, something I really want to talk about is all the cameos. Like, I was shocked by the people who they got. So... First off, Natalie Portman, who got really mad at Marvel after Patty Jenkins was originally hired for Thor 2. She um, she was hired, and that's why Natalie Portman signed on for the sequel. But then Patty Jenkins was let go and replaced by some another white man director. Don't worry, Patty Jenkins directed Wonder Woman. She's fine. Oh, yes. She got another Chris in her life, Chris Pines, who's in a few of her projects. They're BFFs, apparently. Mm -hmm. And so Nellie Portman just was like, nope, I'm done. That's why Jane wasn't in the third one. And also, I don't know what Jane would have done. So hmm. I thought they were just going to use like a body double or something with her. But there was actually like a Nellie Portman in the Natalie Portman scene. Yeah, kind of blink and you miss it. But it was definitely there. It was still there. Yes. Really and she's in the credits, too. She and Rocket would have like a scene, but there wasn't really time for that. Yeah, they probably had her for like half a second. She's like, I'm going to give you guys this. I'm going to sleep, take a nap and stand up. You can use whatever footage you get for two seconds. Yes, and then we're done. I'm not doing anything with some CGI raccoon. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, there were so many great cameos with uh, both uh, Thor and Tony's, like seeing their parents. Who they yes, those are beautiful scenes. Um, let's talk about, okay, so it's kind of a blink and a miss it um, scene is when he's talking to Howard Stark, he has his butler Jarvis there, and mm -hmm. he's actually from the Agent Carter series. Mm -hmm. So that means Agent Carter was, well, it was canon. We'll talk about the ending in a little bit. But the whole thing in Agent Carter is that Howard goes missing and his butler Jarvis finds Peggy Carter and they have this really cool bromance where he's like an action butler, you know? And then, you know, you get the the AI Jarvis later, who's kind of... Yeah, that's why um, Tony named his AI Jarvis and why he's British. Yeah. Um, Robert Redford came out of retirement. The Mule was supposed to be his last movie. Robert, I, mean, I told sure my father this. <laughs> I told my father this. He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, so who was in the movie? I'm like, Robert Redford was in it. And my dad was, like, betrayed. He's like, but... <laughs> I thought he said he was done acting. <laughs> I was like, apparently not, Dad. I'm sorry. I mean, this is still like a cameo. I, I feel like 
he probably views cameos different than like a full-on movie yeah now he can buy another house with whatever they paid him for this cameo yes made his grandkids happy that's why he says he did the movies originally anyway (laughs) that's a good reason to do things and this movie had even more characters than Infinity Wars, but they still did an amazing job with it. Mm-hmm. It's a hard act to balance. I know people were complaining like they were hoping like some supporting characters would get more time, but really they needed to focus on the core Avengers, which they, I think mm-hmm. they did. They did well, well considering. They had less time in the first movie. Well, except for Thor. Thor had a lot of time in both, but mm-hmm. they kind of played them down in the first film and gave some of the other people more of time and then they really brought them back here to kind of star which i think is nice since most of them are leaving so why not yeah do we want to talk about the person who left one of the people who left Uh, well we should probably talk about all three of them i know um so that i didn't think they could top the wakanda battle scene in infinity wars but that battle with just the three of them like iron man thor in Captain America versus Thanos. And then when Captain America gets the hammer. Mm-hmm. And he's also worthy. Because <laughs> if you remember in Age of Ultron in the party scene, they're all trying to grab the hammer. Mm-hmm. The camera moves slightly when Cap picks it up. And you see Thor's face and he's like, oh shit. <laughs> Thor's like, I knew it. Yes. But like, yeah. There are so, several moments in the theater where people like really cheered or lost it. And that was one of the moments where people were like, yeah. Yeah. And that's a great thing about, we both saw it Thursday night and it was like, you need to see it with all those people who love these characters as much as you do, you know, like, yeah. like when the, before, right before the movie started, one guy yelled Avengers assemble and everyone laughed and cheered, you know? <laughs> and it was, that scene was great. But of course, like, Thanos beats up Cap still. But you know what, Steve? He just he keeps getting up. Because that's who Captain is. And I was just like, tears. <laughs> tears. But then all the characters you've ever imagined, whoever even Blink were in the movie, come from the sphinx, the, what are they called? The circle magic things. Portals. I forget. The Doctor Strange magic stuff. Portals? Portals. 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 That just the cheering and just epicness. Like when Captain, uh, I keep calling him Captain. I think you would allow me to call him Steve, right? I don't know if you earned it. Can you pick up Thor's hammer? Are you worthy to call him Captain? No, but I named my dog after his best friend. Okay, it's allowed. It's allowed. Bucky J barks. But when Steve hears Sam's voice in the intercom, oh my God, I cried. That was like, I think that's like one of the five times I cried. Yeah, I think the second time, first time I cried was uh, when uh, Natasha died. And the second time I cried was when, second or third time was uh, when Spider-Man and uh, Tony saw each other again. Okay, so, okay, these are the times I cried. (laughs) When Ant-Man sees his daughter again. Oh, yeah. For the first time, because also he already missed so much of her life because he was in prison. And now she's 20. Like, she looks yeah. like she's... <laughs> that was only five years. So I don't know exactly what happened. After the snap, everybody grew up just real quick. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, you got to learn. Yeah, I cried. I cried during that one. Um, yeah. Cap hearing Sam's voice. Yeah. Okay. 
Let's talk about Natasha. So I really love Natasha's arc overall. I mean, she's been in like every movie, I feel like. Not every movie, but Mm -hmm. since Iron Man 2, Mm -hmm. she's been in there. And she, her trying to keep everything together is what we're shown. Like she's still trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. make everything work. Oh my God, I feel like we're going all over the place. That's okay. The movie was all over the place. I know, but... um, In space, in time and in space. Okay, so the time jump that, I mean, I heard rumors about when they go five, you know, and then it goes years. Mm -hmm. And you know how, like, the the text slowly, everybody in my theater was like, oh! Mm -hmm. It's been five years. I was surprised by that. Like, really surprised. I mean, it, it definitely worked, but... I was not expecting that. Yeah, so in those five years, Natasha's kind of trying to keep the universe safe with, like, everyone, including, like, Captain Marvel, which was Mm -hmm. weird. The Captain Marvel in-credit scene with her coming from the beeper never showed up. But I guess, you know what? There's so much movie. I'm guessing she came from the beeper, and they're like, hey, our friend is out there. Can you go find Tony, you know? Well, they... She showed up at the end of Captain Marvel in the... Yeah. Scene. So I think they kind of did that. And then I think there somebody was talking about there's a scene, a deleted scene or an extra scene somewhere of them talking about her getting Tony or something. Okay. So that must so, be it. But yeah, they kind of just threw her in there. Um, which is okay overall. There's just so much to do. It's just hard with Captain Marvel because her powers are so amazing. Like, mm-hmm. you know. You ha- just throw her in the fight, and she's good, you know. <laughs> but okay, let's go back to Natasha's ship towards the end. I'm like, that's my girl. What? Uh, the big battle at the end, and she just crashes through a ship. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh snap! They're like, why, why are they firing at the sky? I'm like, because she's coming, bitches. And just you, you can't say oh snap, like oh shoot, like you're gonna. It's kind of can't say that anymore. It's, <laughs> it's so mean. At least not in this context. No. But, um, so the scene with the Soul Stone, I mean, having just rewatched Infinity Wars, I was like, I knew what was going to happen. And I I knew one of them was going to die, like, by the time they stepped up there, but I did not know who. Mm -hmm. And them fighting to to let the other die was just so them. And just, like, they have such a beautiful friendship. Like, you don't get to see that, like, man, woman, even though in the comics they are, like, lovers and stuff like that. But, like, Natasha and Clint just being best friends. Mm -hmm. I really love that. Although, like, there's a certain point when they both, like, fall over the cliff and they're still struggling to, like, themselves and save the other one. And I actually laughed out loud in the theater just because, like... It was great. No, I mean, it was. Yeah. Great. It, was, it was just this funny thing of like, of course they're doing this. Of course they're like literally about to drop off this cliff and they're still fighting over mm-hmm. sacrifice themselves. And it was very them. Yeah. It was very on brand for the two of them. Yeah. And it had to be those two characters that went to that planet. Cause I mean, who, who else would have had that close of bond that they'd be able to fight like that. And also, like, even get the soul stone because you have to sacrifice something you love. Exactly. Yeah. And 
between the two of them, I mean, like, I mean, Clint didn't have anything left other than Natasha. I mean, I'm sad to see her go because she was like, she was the first lady of Marvel, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm just happy she finally gets her prequel now. Yeah, I'm ex- I can't wait for that. Late in the game, but she's something good. Yeah. So that was that was harsh. And mm-hmm. then all the characters' reaction when they're like by the lake, mm-hmm. and they're trying. Thor's like, "Oh, we can bring her back," and like they're like, "No, we can't." And I'm like, "That means we aren't getting Gamora back either." We do get Gamora back, but just an earlier form. And that's kind of depressing too, because if you think about. All of the character, her arc in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, mm-hmm. and how far she gets into an Affinity Wars. Like, she's a family member. She's part of a four-person parent with, like, parent of Groot, you know? Groot. She learned to speak Groot. Yeah, so all these things. So she is still a death, you know? Yeah. No, it's a bittersweet. Like, it's better than her never coming back, but it's... Mm-hmm. Form so it's bittersweet. Um, although you can definitely see the next Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Peter's gonna have to win her over again, which is gonna be hilarious. Definitely. So yeah, after the Hulk, who's like, I was made to do this, which again, this was such a nice, you know, moment where after he literally like in Avengers, he admits that he attempted to commit suicide, and he's like, I can't die because of the Hulk. And now in this moment, he was able to use being the Hulk for something good and bring everyone back. Mm -hmm. That was, again, that paid off so much. It was just, oh, so many feelings. And so, yeah, that fight scene was epic. Friend Molly, who's like, usually fight scenes bore me, but like, she's like, not a moment of that did. Mm -hmm. And it's because in every fight, you just see the characters in that fight. It's not just like, oh, punch, punch, punch. You see the way they move, and that is the character. The the choreography is just on point in every... Yeah, Tony. Tony's sacrifice. (laughs) I mean, I knew it was coming. Because I knew Robert Downey was done, and I knew if there was going to be a Spider-Man movie, if Peter needed him, you knew he would be there. You know, So that's the only way. Yeah, I wish but it didn't did not hurt. <laughs> yeah, he can't just retire on an island oh. or something. I know, but a girl can hope. Narratively, it makes so much sense because his death would have it, it did have the biggest impact. He touched like the most people's lives. Mm-hmm. It was just so hard for that very reason, just because he had the most to lose. Um, I was sobbing like. I was just sobbing in the theater. I'm pretty sure everybody around me was sobbing. Um, it was so well done. And it hurt so much. It wasn't until the funeral scene when I saw everybody like in black and just like talking and real like that's when I started sobbing. Cause I was like, I can handle this. It's fine. I knew this was gonna happen. But then just seeing everybody there, and there was even the the fact that they got like all those people in that scene, all these famous actors to, you know, have these no lines in this movie. It was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And they even had the kid from Iron Man 3, Harley. Mm-hmm. His, the actor, that was a kid in the background. Yeah. Who I had to be like, I had to text one of my friends. I'm like, who was that kid? Was that the kid from Iron Man 3? 
Yeah, that wasn't explained great, but I feel like a lot of people figured it out later. I think I suspected, but I wasn't sure. So yeah, he just got tall because he grew up, you know, kids do that. Apparently I'm told. Apparently, especially like Ant-Man's daughter who just grows up really, really fast. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about Captain America. So (laughs) I liked the ending because I think he deserved it. Mm Mm-hmm. But I have issues with the timeline. Oh, this timeline. You just got to roll with it because. Yeah, I just feel like it's a huge plot hole with. Yeah. Like, did he was he in hiding this entire time? Exactly. Because his wife was like busy running shield and being badass. Like, did they just hide him in his house? And like, he just sat there while like Bucky was getting tortured and while the other him was out there fighting Hydra and. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. Which, I mean, at the time when I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. They're finally together. I was like, fine. And then afterwards, I was like, I'm confused. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was coming because all of a sudden, he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to take them all back. And they're like, yeah, you'll be returned in five seconds. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. No, he's not. He and make babies and he's not coming back. Yeah. And I was just like, I understand why they did it because he deserved a happy ending. But at the same time, like we were talking about about before is like, he loves Bucky more than he loves Peggy. (laughs) And we're not saying that as like Bucky, Steve Shippers. We're saying that as like, they are best friends and he loves Bucky. I mean, it can go either way. But no, what we have been discussing uh, before, I think before the podcast, Mm -hmm. um, my issues when Steve returns as an old man I understand that he needs to to pass the mantle of Captain America, but I would have liked to see him hug Bucky afterwards or acknowledge Bucky. Like Bucky is one of the most important relationships in his story. And it just felt weird that like he didn't acknowledge him at all. And like, if you think about it, like how much time did he spend with Bucky after he found out he was alive? it was barely any time. Yeah. Because they call him in from um, Wakanda farm and they're like, we need you. And then captain's like, Oh, Hey, you know, (laughs) and that's it. That's the whole conversation they've had in like 70 years. Just, I don't think Krista realized that. That just, yeah, it just felt weird. I mean, I realized there's only, there's only three hours and one minute for this movie. But I just, I wanted something or or they could even show Bucky walking over there afterwards or I, I don't know. It just felt a little weird. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get a Sam and Bucky show. Yeah. When they go back in time and they're trying to get the Tesseract, guess who gets it instead? It's Loki, Loki. which I don't understand. If the Tesseract's taken, how can it be, you know, how did... Did Thanos get it in the first place? But anyway. So I, I think, because uh, I've read a lot of these things just to try and understand it. And my husband's a physicist, so he understands <laughs> things. But just that every time something kind of changed, that started kind of like an alternate parallel reality that just kind of shot off in a different direction. So that's how they didn't end up doing a Back to the Future thing where you accidentally changed the past and then you like mm-hmm. yourself. Um, it's still not explained perfectly well. 
Um, but yeah, I'm just wondering if Loki grabbing the Tesseract is how his TV show. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I was like, because what they say the TV show is going to be about is Loki going through time, mm-hmm. Americans' his, historic moments, <laughs> and Loki just being like, "Let's cross the Delaware." I don't know, you know. This that sounds terrible. Like I'm sure it sounds terribly amazing because anything with Tom Hiddleston is amazing. It's so amazing, but that just sounds. Really- ridiculous like that just sounds like imposing and like funny photo mm-hmm. yeah you just see him in all the paintings be like that's that guy looks familiar no, i don't know how i got there the other tv series we're getting is wanda and vision which i guess it's must be a prequel wanda vision thank you sounds terrible wanda which one is that gonna happen like where is an alternate timeline is it that like one year where they were kind of like dating and figuring it out and snaking up <laughs> i would love if it's like a sitcom rom-com kind of thing <laughs> where it's like how did they fall in love i mean actually i would watch them fall in love because they are both beautiful beautiful individuals and mm-hmm really loved their their love story like they really sold it to me in um infinity war uh which was interesting because they had not sold me on the uh the hulk natasha yeah bruce bruce natasha love story at all but like they got me really quick with uh, the other one all right one quick question when does steve bring up he made out with peggy's niece oh oh that is uh do you do that before or after marriage right because didn't they date kind of yeah so then like did he like babysit her in the parallel universe it's getting weird uh (laughs) yeah I wonder if that is the one secret that the honorable uh Captain America will take to his grave because there's no way that's going over well. No. At all. Mm-mm. Ugh. Okay. That was my last question, I think. <laughs> on that um, note. <laughs> yeah, on that note. Yeah. I'm just going through the weird fandom girl questions in my mind. Because I feel like everything else has been covered by every other YouTuber and podcaster. There's just so much to cover, though. I know. I We haven't even begun. Okay. So, you know the scene where Peter's like has gives the gauntlet to Captain Marvel and he's like how are you gonna get through all that and like all the ladies come by and they're like we're gonna help her or whatever it is in the battle scene yeah I have mixed feelings about that so in the theater we all cheered because we're like yeah they're awesome but even as I'm cheering I'm feeling like this feels kind of like pandering yep 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 same. And that's still how I felt. And then I read an article that interviewed the the two writers, the head writers, and um, they also said that they questioned whether they should do that. They're like, is this a good moment or are we pandering? And ultimately they went with it. And so I guess my feelings is that it's, it's in between the two things. Like if our society was at a more advanced point where we didn't have issues of women being treated equally, you wouldn't need that scene, but we're still working to get there. So it, it falls somewhere between the two of pandering and being like, yeah, women are awesome. Yeah. It, I cheered, but then, yeah, same thing. While I was cheering, I was like, this is pandering ring. Cheer, cheer, pandering ring. And I was like, I was like, 
I'm like, they don't need to do a men's version because all the movies are men's versions of yeah. this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's complicated. I especially reading that article of the the two writers, like I think they definitely meant it in a positive way. Um, but just That's as good at least as of the society we live in and all the issues. Yeah, I I mean I appreciate them trying, but it just came off <laughs> way too they tried. They tried. Or that moment, uh, yeah, it's like I'm not going to clap. I was clapping for the characters and the actresses who are amazing. I wasn't clapping for, like, good job writers for, like... Oh, thank you for including them. Recognize women. Um, the other thing that I thought was kind of funny was there's that scene earlier in the movie where Steve is leading the uh, AA meeting. I mean, the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the like sadness meeting. I don't know what it is. Uh, meeting. And the one guy mentions like, oh yeah, I went on a date with a guy or something. And everyone's like, ooh, there's this big moment where a character comes out as gay. Like, Do you want us to clap you on the back for that? Like, oh yeah. I saw people being like, look, they, they have gay people in the Marvel universe. I'm like, that guy doesn't even have a name. Yeah, if they a, don't have a name, they don't count. It's a throwaway character, throwaway like scene. Um, I mean, not, I mean, I love representation, but like that is not a moment where you should be clapped on the back for. Oh, you you did such a good job, including representation into your universe. It reminds me of the Beauty and the Beast when they're like, "Oh, LeFou's gonna be gay," and he like danced with a guy for five seconds, and that's it. Yeah. So please don't even, don't even. Although they do, they do have a way to fix this because uh, Captain Marvel came back with that uh, very fantastically butch haircut and Valkyrie oh, yeah. on Earth uh, running race like a queen. So they want to get together. I'm fine with that. The, the actresses are, are good with it. So. Oh yeah, Brie Larson was sharing fan art of the two of them together and they're really good like, friends. The two would love to work together. So I'm yeah, so make that happen, Marvel. Come on, mm-hmm. give it. I was like, Marvel, make that happen. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's see that. But yeah, so yeah, there was pandering. There was it was all fan service. I will admit to it. Like Steve getting the hammer. What else was fan service? I can't even think of everything. But it was just oh, Captain America's ass. <laughs> That's fan service, and I agree. <laughs> The moment where Steve sees his own button is like, yep. That's America's ass. That was so great. Yeah, that was- I, I like, lost my mind. I honestly, I'm okay with the fan service because also like if it's a good moment and it just happens to be fan service, like is it is that really bad? Uh, yeah, like the thing is like with the fan service, like they had a lot of moments that were like from the comic book inspired Mm-hmm. Like Captain saying Hail Hydra, like in the comics last year, mm-hmm. there was a whole controversy about Cap being that's Hydra. That's more the the nod than a fan service in my opinion. Yeah. So same thing like like him holding the hammer, like having the hammer was also in the comics as well. So it wasn't mm-hmm. quite like fan service in that regards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like maybe this was mentioned too in, in that article I read about the head writers that like what is fan service, but also like, yeah, you don't want to go too far, but also like you do want to give the audience what they want. Like you don't want to never give them anything they want. Otherwise they're not going to come to your movie. So like it. <laughs> Last Jedi. Last Jedi. 
Sorry. <laughs> I had something in my throat. It was it was Ryan Johnson. <laughs> it's a very controversial movie. I am sorry. It was like, oh, I want to just piss off everybody. Let's do that instead. Okay, wrong fandom, Candace. I mean, I'm I, sorry. Wow, well, it's been like a year or two, and I'm not. still I'm still bitter. <laughs> but no, it's just Kevin Feige, whatever you want to say about him, he did a beautiful job of integrating all these movies together that they feel seamless. Yeah. They have all these different directors, different writers, things like that, but they pick the perfect cast. They pick the right directors, the right writers. Like, yeah, they had some hiccups, like Hulk. Thor Dark World. But, <laughs> you know, if Thor Dark World is your worst movie, you're doing damn good. I think their worst movie is The Hulk, and that's why. We, they- don't, we don't talk about that. It doesn't count. We don't so bad. It talk count. about it. It goes to the corner and just sits there and it stays. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like this series has done so well that even the ones that weren't incredibly amazing are still enjoyable to watch. Oh, yeah. I love it because there's always the redeeming qualities like Thor mm-hmm. Dark World. I will watch again and again just because of Loki. Yeah. There's Loki. There's Natalie Portman. Like, yeah. What else do you need? What else? You don't need anything else. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, so overall, like, I thought I was going to be like an emotional wreck, like after the movie, but I was like, still like, you know, had some tears in my eyes, but at the same time I felt happy and I was pleased and I was like, yes, 10 years of my life obsessed with these movies. Thank you. (laughs) You ended in a good way. I was an emotional wreck all the way to the car. Thank goodness I wasn't driving. But um, even through the tears, I could admit that that was like a really well done movie. And, you know, now that they've had a couple days distance between it and the more I kind of read and remember it, it, it was done really well. And even the parts that hurt emotionally did. Be- they were earned. Narratively, they worked so well and they drew on the, the characters you loved. And like you said, the 10 years of investment that you put into it. Mm-hmm. So Every it- moment was earned. That's the thing. Every one of those moments was earned. And, and to achieve yeah. that is just amazing after all these years, such like such buildup, like it's almost impossible to come up with a perfect movie and they did a really good job. And you know what? Nothing like that has been done before. And I'm not sure anything like that will ever be done again, at least not in our generation. Well, in the next like, 10 years, when they do the next phase of the Marvel, uh, whatever. True. I they say that Spider-Man Far From Home is actually the end of phase one. So we aren't actually done yet. Okay. I know I've heard that, but that just seems weird. <laughs> I don't we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But so A plus? A solid A for Avengers. A for Avengers. That sounds good. So thank you, Krista, so much for taking the time to talk with me about this movie. I know we can talk for like five more hours or at least three hours. (laughs) Ten hours. Yeah. But yeah. So that's it for us. I'm Candice. I'm Krista. And stay geeky.